Hey entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? Like many of us, I'm sure you're feeling it. Business is hard. And now more than ever, you need to have a plan to help your business not just survive, but thrive. And it can happen as simply as having or thinking with the end in mind. I'm Marcia Reiner. I'm a business growth strategist. I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability, guides your growth, and plans for your future exit. Because a business worth selling is also a business worth owning. And I want to share strategies that I've earned and learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. But before we get started, I have something to share with you. I put together an insightful and think outside the box live web class on Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. It's specifically designed for you to help you learn how to turn your business into one worth selling, even if you aren't thinking of selling it yet. Why now? Join me and find all the benefits that come with having a sale-ready business. Register for free at exitwithaplan.com. All right, listeners, I have a super treat for you today. My guest, Philippe Boussou, uh, is with me today. He is the author of Aligning the Dots, host of the Alignment Zone TV series, speaker, growth expert, venture capitalist, CEO, entrepreneur, and board member. Philippe Bousseau has been in Silicon Valley for over 31 years, growing and running a number of businesses, including G2i, which is a Unix software company, and the Milestone Group. Philippe founded and ran Apple's worldwide internet commerce group, where he managed online Apple Store and grew its revenue from zero to $350 million under Steve Jobs. Today, the, app, the online Apple Store generates over $25 billion in, in sales. Philippe was the general partner of two venture capital firms and served on over 21 boards, including three today. During his management consulting career, Philippe led over 210 management consulting projects. Philippe is currently the managing manager of Blue Dot Partners, a, fo- a firm focused on helping companies with over 10 million in revenue grow faster using a unique, universal, data-driven, and prescriptive methodologies. During, uh, or this is a new way of cutting the Gordian growth knot and is based on four fundamental alignment principles between business and target market. Philippe, I am so excited. I've been perusing through your book. Fantastic. I got it in front of me right now. Loving it. It is so technical theoretical and mind-blowing. It it really just puts the whole package together in a way that I had never thought of before. So I'm super excited to have you on the show today and sharing your wisdom and how you created this theory. So welcome. Yeah, thank you, Marcia. It's a pleasure being with you today. Awesome. And listeners, we get the great accent of of, uh, a beautiful French Mm -hmm. accent. So super excited. Okay, so Talk to us. Um, how did you how did you come up with the idea of alignment and and how it relates to the business? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I, I uh, first of all, I think that the key thing to understand is that growth is everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, if your business is not growing faster than the market or faster than your competition, then you're losing market share, and that's a sure way to be on the path to become irrelevant. You don't want to lose market share uh, because your competitors are going to win and you're going to become irrelevant and nobody's going to be interested in your business. 
So the question is, you know, what do I do on Monday morning at eight o'clock to grow my business faster? And, and it's a deceptively simple question, but it's very hard to answer. And it's, it's very similar to everybody wants to be a good parent. And it's like, what do I do on Monday morning at eight o'clock to be a good parent? Well, there is no simple answer, or there are thousands and thousands of books to try to answer that question. Uh, but it's really hard to answer. And so for many, many years, I mean, as you pointed out, I've been in Silicon Valley for 31 years. And for many years, I have been challenged by this problem and this very simple question. Is that what do I do? How do I grow my business? And That's a million-dollar question or multi-million-dollar question yeah, exactly. that we all have. Yeah. And I've been on 21 boards. In fact, I just joined my 21st board a couple of months ago. Um, and... I realized that the discussion at the board level is, is always the same and it tends to focus on sales. It's like, well, we're not growing because we're not selling enough. And the sales guy comes and says, well, we're not selling enough because I don't have the right leads. The marketing is not the one I need. I'm not supported. Then the marketing guy comes and says, well, we don't exactly have the right product you know, that the market wants. Then the product guy comes and says, well, I built the best product I could and you, know, you limited my budget. I couldn't do everything I wanted to do. And that circular discussion I've witnessed so, so many years, and and I just got tired of it. I said, well, we're not answering the question. We're just we're just trying to blame somebody. We're just trying to blame a problem in the company. But there is welcome, no welcome to business. <laughs> yeah, and so I, one day, you know, I'm a scientist by 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 training. I mean, I have a PhD in physics in, in nonlinear physics and chaos theory, which I use every day. But that really, I wanted to get a different answer, mm-hmm. and. One day in 2014, I got an epiphany. I realized that the fundamental reason companies are not growing as much as they can within their target market, always relative to their market, mm-hmm. is because they are not fully aligned with that market. They are misalignments somewhere between them and the market. And that friction makes them not grow as fast as they can. And so that's really how I started to approach that problem with a completely different view rather than blaming sales on marketing or product development. And that really changed fundamentally the way I, I, I look at that problem. I love it. I love it. It's such an interesting theory. Okay, so talk to us about, um, you, have it, you have it in four quadrants. Mm-hmm. Um, describe the quadrants and how they connect to each other. Yeah, so when I said, you know, you need to be perfectly aligned if you want to go as much as you can, Okay, that's fine. But then the question that still doesn't answer the Monday morning at eight o'clock question. So I went to the next step and said, okay, what does it mean to be aligned? You know, what does it actually mean? And then I came with a second, I came up with a second epiphany, which is that there are four fundamental axes of alignment between any business and its target market. And, And the remarkable thing is that those four alignments are absolutely universal. So I can take a cafe on the left bank in Paris. I can take your business, Marcia. I can take Tesla. I can take Boeing. I can take American Airlines. I can take a restaurant. It doesn't matter. Those four fundamental principles of alignment apply. It's completely irrelevant what the business does. And so let me quickly describe to you what they are. The first one is that the pain of the customer and the claim that the business makes to address that pain have to be aligned. Mm. So Marcia, if you come to me and you say, well, I have a headache and I show you a stomachache pill, you're going to say, wait a minute, my pain is my head, not my stomach. You will never buy my pill and and you shouldn't. That's so true. That's the first axis of alignment. 
The second axis of alignment is the way the claim is expressed by the business, which is the messaging. How do I describe my claim? And the way that claim is understood by the, by the customer or the prospect have to be aligned. So imagine, Marcia, I've got a pill for your headache. It costs 99 cents. Your headache will be gone in 10 minutes. But I describe it to you in Korean. I'm assuming you don't speak Korean. <laughs> no, and I don't. You're like, what the heck is this guy talking about? You will never buy my pill, even though I have the perfect product for you, the perfect pill for your headache. But you just don't understand what this pill is all about. You're not going to buy it. That's right. the second axis of the landing. The third one is the way customers want to buy and acquire the product or the service. And the way the business sells that product or service in the marketplace have to be aligned. So if I say, Masa, you can have your pill. For, I have a pill for you. Um, it's very effective, but you have to come here, here, you know, where I'm based in Palo Alto, in the Bay Area. And you say, wait a minute, I'm in Orange County. Why can't I just walk to the pharmacy and buy the pill? And so the that's the now. <laughs> yes, especially with a headache hat. That's right. And then the fourth axis of alignment is actually my favorite one. And I actually have to confess, I stole it out of the Apple playbook. So when I worked directly for Steve Jobs, there are three fundamental lessons that I learned. And, and yes, by the way, if you ever wonder how I lost my hair, now you know why. <laughs> but the, 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 one of the lessons which is really relevant to, to this whole idea about helping company grow faster is that I came to the realization, and it's interesting, I came to that realization after I left Apple, not when I was over there. But I came to the realization that there is one and only one business on this planet. There is one singular unique business, and we are all in exactly the same business. And that unique business is the manufacturing and delivery of delight. Hmm. I say that again because it's very profound. The unique business, the, the business we're all in, in, in the world, is the manufacturing and delivery of delight. That's what we're all about. Okay. And so when you buy a product or a service, in your head, you have a certain delight expectation. Mm. As you consume that product, as you use that product, that expectation ha has to be met. Right? So there has to be an alignment between what you expect before you buy or when you buy. And then when you start to consume and use that product or that service, you realize that, oh, this is not what I expected. So that's like the axis of alignment, which is the expected delight and the delivery of the offering have to be aligned. Now, imagine I give you the pill, you buy it, you swallow it, and then you have a rush on your skin, you start <laughs> to have fever, and your headache is still persistent. Well, clearly, that's not what you expected when you bought it. That's the not product. delight. <laughs> right. You would have thought, well, we're great, in 10 minutes, my headache will be gone, and I can go on with my daily life. Mm. So that's what I mean by the fourth axis of alignment. So the four universal axes of alignment are that the pain of the customer and the claim the business makes have to be aligned, that the, the, the perception of what the company does and the messaging, which is the expression of the claim, have to be aligned, and then that the way the customers, customers want to buy and the way the business is selling have to be aligned. And finally, the expected delight has to be met. It has to be delivered to the customer. And those are the four universal axes. And if you perfectly align your business along those four axes, you will grow as fast as you can within your target market. And that's, that's it. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And I love it. It's always, there, 
there's a side from this from the company and then there's this side from the customer. So aligning those two in those four quadrants make total sense to me. And yeah. you're right, it is completely universal that any company out there can do it. And I just love the explanation of the headache, you know, that, that yeah. you want it fixed now, it is a pain. Um, here's a question for you though. So there are many companies out there that are not solving a pain but they're solving, um, there's either pain or pleasure, right? So there's something that they want. So my Tesla does not solve a pain for me, except maybe at the gas pump. Um, but I buy it because I wanted it, you mm -hmm. know? How do you, how do you still align with the desire over the pain? Yeah, it's a really, really good question. In fact, I talk about this in the book. To me, there is no real notion of pleasure. It's okay. the lack, the, there is a pain, which is the lack of pleasure. If I don't go to see a movie, then I will spend another evening being bored in my, in my home. <laughs> so you, it's, it's the thirst for pleasure that is, is the lack. If you don't do it, then that creates the pain. So there's always a pain. Ah, okay. Sometimes the pain, people think, well, I'm just going to see a movie. Um, because I, I because of pleasure, and it's like, no, you you want to see a movie because you want to be entertained, and the reason is that if you're not entertained, then there's all kinds of other pains that you're gonna suffer from, and so I do believe that every business, you know, has has a pain uh, is addressing a pain. Now, there are cases where it's kind of interesting. So, for example, if I have cancer, and I'm taking. Uh, chemotherapy well you know what's the pain well the pain is that if I don't cure my cancer then I'm going to die now the notion of daylight using that word in that particular case I think is questionable and I've actually for a long time tried to find a better word because there's, there's no delight in taking any of that kind of medicine well I think I think the correlation there for me and what I got out of it wasn't always delight but it may have been satisfaction or success Yes. That that the solution that you provided me got me to the next level, or cleared the the cancer, or got rid of the headaches. So it's not always joy. Yeah, yeah, like yeah it, could, it could in those in those instances, yeah. but um, it's the success that came because of yeah. you know the the occurrence that you had. So yeah, yeah exactly. that was. Mm, that's that's really interesting. Okay, so one of the biggest challenges I hear from my clients and my circles is always around messaging, right? You know, we go through and we, we do what we believe is our research and we talk what we believe we're, we're speaking to in the language that the customer hears. But that to me is always a disconnect. It's always a square peg in a round hole. And, you know, um, it just doesn't always work. How does one really truly and aligned in that um, what kind of work do we have to do yeah and it, it's, it's a fantastic question um, I think messaging is really really hard I think that um, a lot of time companies doing upside down they start by creating the messaging and then they try to figure out the pain and the claim and so I would say that in in, in at least what we see at Rudot in 80% of the case the reason the messaging is off is not because they are not expressing the right word or they are not talking the same language as the customer is because they don't fundamentally understand the pain they're addressing and the claim that they are making. 
So a lot of times I would always go back and say, well, forget about your message. Just tell me in one sentence, one sentence, what pain are you addressing and what claim are you making? And then they start to realize, oh my gosh, those two things don't resonate. It's not quite aligned. So we, then I said, okay, well, let's fix that alignment first because if you don't, if you cannot tell me in one sentence the claim that you are making, then for, forget about messaging. You don't even know what you're going to have to message. And then the other thing is that they always make a list of claims and I used the Steve Jobs methods with it. I only want one, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't want 36. And then I go through the list and I said, well, is that claim truly unique? They always say it is, but then you, you start to scratch the surface and you realize, well, there's another 35 companies claiming the same thing. And then is this defendable? And then why does it matter? You know, mm. I made the claim for your headache that, you know, the peel has a beautiful color and that color is very unique and it's beautiful. That may be true, but you don't care as, as, a, as a customer. It's like, I want the peel to cure my headache. I don't care if it's white or if it's green. Yeah. So a lot of time they attach claim to things that is irrelevant. So how do you solve that problem? Well, you go back to the customers and you say, can you describe to me your pain? And can you describe to me the claim that this company is making? And then in their own words and in their own problem sphere, they will start to describe that. And then you capture that with 20 or 30 customers. And then you start to have a clear picture of what they believe their pain is and what they believe your claim is. And then you can start to put together the messaging. But it's a whole love process. It. You don't have the message. And it's very scientific. I, I love sorry, it. I, You've I, gone I, in. Sorry, I, Go. sorry, Marcia. I have one more thing before I forget. Um, the other thing is a lot of people say, well, how do I message? And I said, forget about messaging. That's not the right question. The right question is, what is it that you want to be known for? Mm. And if you answer that question, then the messaging is really the packaging of your idea. But I still want to understand the idea. And so when you ask that question, people start to think very differently. It's not about the bells and whistles, which is what they tend to gravitate towards when they do the messaging. It's more about who truly are we and what are we doing different? What do we want to be known for? Um, I love it. And, and once they answer that question, then the messaging, solving the messaging equation is a lot easier. I love it. As I was saying, I think it's very scientific the way that we're testing this. Um, you know, you, you, you can't just go out. You have to be, you have to be um, methodical about what you're doing. You're not going to do the messaging before you have the pain that you're solving and the solution that you're providing and, and, and taking that interview and going deeper to find out what it is they think that they hear from you. Yes. And, and then one, I mean, you just gave me like six golden nuggets in that one little part of the, of the story that was just like, Ooh, that's so good. Yeah. That, what do you want to be known for business, right? You can't solve every problem in the world, right? You should be known for one thing or maybe two things or one thing. And then when that gets popular, you add another thing on. But I think having that solution that you provide that is relevant and on point for what they're, what they're struggling with. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's the direction that it I'm pulling out of this is that, clarity and yeah. and being able to do it which all comes to the alignment right yes love this yeah love this okay so you came and and in your book you had some fantastic stories about um you know just examples that explain alignment and putting you in the right place at the right time with the right message and everything that you're doing um when we're talking about 
the, the, the pain pill, you know, right? Our solution that we do. How does one find out really truly without going and asking or, or, or really getting that nugget in on the pain that they're really suffering with? Because usually it's, it's five or six or seven layers deep, which is the real true pain. Is there any kind of methodology beyond asking <laughs> that, well, that you can determine? Yeah, I think you can. So, so most entrepreneurs get up in the morning with an idea to solve a problem. Right? They don't get up in the morning and say, well, I'm going to create a business. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be a billion-dollar business. And it's going to grow. Usually, but it's, they something, it's something about them, right? It's like I woke yeah, up and then, I have this idea and I've got this solution, right? Yeah, which, which is fine. I mean, they have to drive the whole construction of the business, so that, that's fine. But they, but they start with a problem that they've observed somewhere. Maybe they, their own problem. I want to hotelize a terrible experience. I'm going to create Airbnb because I, I want to be in, in other people's home. Or, or they observe a problem, um, like a security problem in an enterprise software business. Then the, the, then the, the, the big question is, well, how many people on this planet have that problem? Is this very specific to the world you lived in? Or, or is this a universal problem that many, many companies have? So often they create a great product, but it's only a few people on the planet who really care about that product. So right. there is no there that they cannot create a real business. Then what happens, and, and I've observed, and as a, as a venture capitalist, I've seen this so many times, businesses that are successful always change and pivot constantly. They always yeah. refine. And a great CEO is a CEO who is willing to throw away his original or her original idea and say, this is not working. But as I went through this process, I realized there are other problems that I didn't think were such a big problem, but then I realized they are a real problem. I'm going to focus the company on those problems, and that's who we are going to be. And in fact, the, if you read the original business plans of most successful companies, you will realize that if I take out the name of the company, you would have a hard time to link that business plan to the company. And that's because, again, the entrepreneur comes with an idea and a concept, and then they realize that it's not really what's happening, that people will not be willing to pay the kind of pricing that they need to have to have a sustainable business, so mm. they have to pivot. And so it's the ability to be able to reorient the company towards the right direction. And it's a little bit like you're swimming in a river and you're not making any progress, and suddenly you go a slightly different place, and then you catch a current, and now you're moving. And so you have to have this open-mindedness uh, when you create a business to change and until you find something that really works and then you can start to scale from that. Love it. And, and I think that's it because we've all experienced that, right? We've gotten, yeah. we've, we've started in one direction and then we kind of were hitting speed bumps. So we move over to another direction, but it proves to me too, you know, when you're in alignment, right? When everything starts to flow nicely, Yes. Um, the people that you're talking to, they understand and accept and are excited and they raise their hand that they want to work with you yeah. because you're in alignment. And I yeah. love how we're, we're, we're explaining that these four quadrants, like you said, are so universal across any company, restaurant, Boeing, Tesla, coffee shop, uh, manufacturing, all of that is, yeah. is, can be used by being in alignment. And, um, and the biggest piece is that it's never it's never one and done. You're always going right. to be a 
an adjustment or a pivot or, or, or a shift or to improve that alignment. Yeah. Um, and then I think too, just with scale and economy, people's ideas and tastes are going to change. You may have that, that blue pill that people decide, oh, I want a red pill today. Yeah. And, well, and the interest changes and you have yeah, to flow and, with that as well. And you need to align your business with the market. The market is not static. The market is changing all the time. So what was mm. three years ago is no longer valid. So that alignment constantly has to be reassessed because the market is very dynamic. New competition is coming into the market, new technologies, new business models, new distribution channels. So you have to constantly reassess, okay, well, the market that was, we were very well aligned three years ago, now we're not. Well, what did we do wrong? And the answer is nothing. It's just that the market has completely changed and you haven't realigned your company with that new market. And, and that's why you're not growing anymore. I love it. I love it. Let's so, are there any are there any methodologies we could do to stay in alignment, um, to test and 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 you know keep keep that keep that going? Because I mean, obviously, once you get there, you, you start running the business. Um, yeah. But I think you have to review it frequently. Yeah, right? that's correct. So we we went to the next step, which is okay. Now we understand those four alignments. The question is, can I measure my coefficient of alignment that will tell me how well am I? I am aligned with the market. And we created about 20 tools, um, and, and some of them actually explained in the book, where we can show how we can measure the alignment along the four axes from zero to 100%. Mm. And by virtue of measuring, we start to have insights on where the misalignments are. And that really, based on those insights, now that we understand how and where we're misaligned, then we can start to put an action plan together. We call that the growth playbook. And the growth playbook is based on the data analysis. So it's data driven. It's not emotional. It's not, you know, irrational. Which is probably the hardest part for, for a person to, to do is to yeah. stay on the data. Yeah. And then, and then that is your guide. That is your GPS that will tell you how to grow. That is the answer to your Monday morning at eight o'clock question. Mm. And that's, that. that's what you need to execute. I love that. And so that playbook is out on your desk. It's got prime real estate. You're yeah. reviewing it regularly, making sure. Now, is there a possibility, you mentioned those scales from zero to 100. Is there a possibility or a probability of you hitting 100 on all four of those? Well, or the what's the zone that's normally you start to feel good? Yeah, the playbook has to be, and, and that's the way we work at Buddhas when we advise companies, it has to be within what we call the feasibility envelope. Mm. We want to make sure that whatever the playbook says to the CEO and the management team, that they can execute. So we're not going to build a playbook that says, okay, you can grow to $80 million, but you have to raise you know, $200 million by Friday next week. It's like, well, we know they can do that. So we're not going to take... We're not going to take a three-year-old child and say, okay, you want to run a marathon, you know, in a month, this is what you got to do. You know, they can't right. logically do it. So the playbook has to be done within that feasibility envelope. We have to make sure that it's, mm. that they can execute. Otherwise it's, yeah. it's fruitless. So to do that, then we, then, but, but sometimes there is no there there. So the CEO comes to us and says, well, I'm doing X million dollars and I want to go to that level within two years. And we look at what they have, we look at the market, we analyze you know, the competitiveness of the market, and we say, you're crazy, there is no way you can get there. 
So there is no there there. You're wishing you can run this marathon, but you haven't run for 10 years. You know, you can barely walk. I was like, you right. forget about this idea. So that's the painful aspect of what we do as mm. doctors, where sometimes we diagnose issues and there is no cure or they can't do it. And so in that case, they have to lower their expectation and said, okay, what can I realistically achieve? And then, you know, we build a playbook that enables them to achieve that particular goal. But we never build a playbook that we know they can reach because that's, you know, that just doesn't make sense. Of course, you want to achieve your goals and have the success and the delight in, yeah. in quadrant four that, that your customers, um, you want your customers to have. So that's great. So with these playbooks and, and with putting this all together, um, is it something that, that, that takes a while for the business owner to create, to work through? Um, or is it something that, that they can start working in different sections and start to see faster results? No, it, it, it's, it's a very detailed playbook. It's really an operating plan. So they know exactly what to do. They can start on Monday at eight o'clock and there is raising, there is measure, there's checkpoints, there is guardrails. So it's, it's very well structured. Um, it's, a, it's a little bit like if you were to come to somebody and say, I want to run a marathon, I haven't run for a long time. Yeah, I need a coach, I need a plan. And the mm-hmm. plan was that, okay, you can, we're going to run the marathon in, in two years and this is all the steps and this is the training you do today. And then once you achieve that, you go there. So it's a very detailed yeah, it's, it's a very specific, uh, actionable plan. Yeah. So, so to me, that is so important. I'm all about planning. It's been part of my DNA for, for years and years and years. Um, I think that the, the, the comment that you've said numerous times throughout this and probably um, line one of your book is it's 8 a.m. on Monday morning. What are you going to do? And, and it's the biggest challenge that every business owner has what are they going to do? And so many of them are reacting through life yes. that they don't have that plan that tells them this is exactly the steps you need to take to achieve the goals that you want. Yeah. And by getting into alignment and, and, and working on it, you'll know the exact steps. And I think that that is just, we all want to know and be led you know, there's leaders, but they still have a plan that something led them. But I think we all want to be led and, and told or have that strategy laid out. So this, to me, is, is just a beautiful formulation of concepts and theories that tell you how to get to where you want to be, which is a growing business. Because, again, if you're not growing, you're, you're, you're dying, right? You're as a business. And so this is, Philippe, this has been, I mean, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed the book. You give it to me. Listeners, you got to pick up this book first. Uh, Aligning the dots. And you give it in a brief, you, if you've got three minutes, read this. If you've got 30 minutes, read this. If you can't right. go to sleep, read the book, <laughs> you know. Um, and you give us the, the tools that we need to shift our thinking and the way that we run our business so we can continue to grow and be effective in the marketplace where we're, you know, otherwise, why are you doing this, right? Exactly. Yes, that's right. Love it. it so, Philippe, yeah, where can listeners find out more about you, your methodology, and possibly the book? Well, they can connect with me on LinkedIn. That's a good way to do it. They can go to aligningthedots.com, which is probably the easiest. And they can also check out our Blue Dots website, which is bluedotspartners.com. Blue Dots, S, partners with an S, dot com. And I'd be happy to answer any question and help. Love it. 
And even if you not, even if you aren't at 10 million striving to the next um, multi-million dollar business, you can use these principles, listeners. This is such a fantastic concept that that we need to be in alignment with. And you break it out with so many stories that that really just put it into simple um, simple explanations, such as the pill or or the the problems that we are having yeah. and discussing throughout. So. I, I also tell entrepreneurs, if you have just an idea, just a concept, and you want to start a business, you need from very, very early on in your process to think about those four elements because they will mm-hmm. matter. And it, it's not, don't think that, oh, I don't have to worry about this because I'm not 10 million or million dollars in revenue. It's like, no. If you just have an idea, ask yourself, you know, what pain are you addressing? What's your claim? How are you going to express your claim? And so on and so forth. Because this is going to be the fundamental layer upon which you're going to build your business and be successful. Well said. Well said. Thank you. All right, listeners, I hope you have found an idea or two to put into your business that will help you become more profitable and grow. And, and this is really um, a, a, a really good idea to take a look at this book and get some of these ideas in place. And you will start to see your business really take off with that. And don't forget, now more than ever, it's important to build your own business like you want to sell it. Don't forget to register for my new web class on how to turn your business into one we're selling even if you aren't thinking of selling it yet. There are tons of business, uh, tons of benefits to having a sale-worthy business. It'll be on Wednesday at 6 p.m., so go register for free at exitwithaplan.com. You don't want to miss this class. And as always, Philippe would love, and I would love to hear your questions, comments. Give us, some, give us some stories that you had. We would love to hear them, and we will respond. Please uh, comment on today's podcast, and don't forget to subscribe. And as always, you can catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. And we're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thank you so much, Philip. Thank you, Marcel. It's been a pleasure.